Girlfriends, episode number 10, three ways to use the power of your words. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you doing this week? Thanks for being here for another episode. I'm glad you're joining me. Um, I'm recording this week in my car. I'm parked outside my daughter's driver's ed class. This was the few minutes that I thought I could get this week and have some quiet and um, just a little bit of uninterrupted time to spend here talking with you. And so she's doing driver's ed and I'm sharing with you all. Is there anything worse than driver's ed? (laughs) As an aside, I hate driver's ed. It is like the most inconvenient class ever, scheduled at the most inconvenient times, multiple times in one day. She'll have driving driving hours plus the time that she has to spend in the classroom. And then on top of that, we need to be spending time driving with her. I just this morning was thinking about it, and I just despaired at the thought of the number of children I have left to go through driver's ed here in New Hampshire. I know the laws are different in different states. Here in New Hampshire, I think it's really oppressive to parents. But anyway, I really want her to have her license. And if your kids aren't there yet, I always tell people, you know, I used to dread when my kids might drive because I was afraid of it. But it's equal parts terrifying and horrible, but also liberating and wonderful to be able to hand your kid the car keys and have them go do something for you. So anyway, I'm working on number four to get her license here. And that affords me a little bit of time to sit here in the car and have the other parents look at me funny because I'm holding a microphone in my car. But whatever, that's what podcasting is all about, right? Before we get started on this week's topic, I just want to share with you all a funny little story, something that happened this past week, because I think you might appreciate it, get a laugh out of it. Um, So I have this uh, small crucifix. It's one of the Franciscan crucifixes. I think you say San Damiano. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. Is that Spanish? All right, everybody correct me. Anyway, it's one of those those Franciscan uh, crucifixes, and it's small. You can hold it in your hand. And I had it, and I used to keep it right um, on this little side table where I keep some of my, my prayer books and some of the books I use for reading or for prayer time in the morning. So I really liked having it there as sort of a visual for prayer time. And it disappeared. So, you know, it's been like two weeks that I've been lamenting the fact that um, my crucifix has disappeared and searched everywhere all around that room and all over the place. And I couldn't find it. And so I kind of had given up on finding it. But then this past week, I was um, cleaning out that room with a a bunch of my kids and going like under couches and stuff. And um, it wasn't under the couch, but I happened to open a window to clear out inside that windowsill part that gets all grungy and dusty and bugs get trapped in there. And when I opened it up, there was the crucifix. It was inside the window between the glass and the screen. And I was so surprised when I saw it that I just uh, was so surprised to see my friend Jesus that I yelled out, Jesus! <laughs> And every kid in the room turned to me with huge eyes, scandalized that their mother was taking the Lord's name in vain. And uh, I just very quickly picked up the crucifix, showed everybody, no, 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 I mean him. He's really here. This is who I'm talking to. This is what I'm talking about. 
But anyway, wherever you are and whatever's going on in your world this week, I hope Jesus is right there with you, whether you're shouting his name or not. Um, This week's topic, we're going to be talking about the power of your words. And this is something I think about a lot because I really do. You know, we talked a few episodes back about the power of our thoughts, and, and that's related to this. But also our words, the words that we speak have great power. We have a lot of power with the things that we say, that we choose to say, whether they be positive or negative, if we use them for good or for bad. And I thought Scripture might have something to say about the power of words, so I did a little bit of Googling around, and I found out that Jesus himself had something to say about the power of words. And um, so this is from Matthew uh, chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will render an account for every careless word they speak. By your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. So that's pretty scary stuff, right? I mean, gosh, so many careless words that we speak in the course of a lifetime over the course of 24 hours, especially we women who love our words, that we're going to be held accountable for those. And so I think it's important to talk about the power of our words, the ways in which we're meant to use our words, um, the ways in which we can use words to help ourselves and to help the other people in our lives that we love and that we work with. Um, So I'm going to talk about three different ways that we can use, harness that power of our words as a force for the good. So the first way I want to talk about is using our words to encourage and affirm other people. And we all know this. We know that words can do this because we've all experienced it. We've, we've probably also all experienced the opposite, where someone's words have torn us apart and made us feel like we're worthless and nothing. So we know that words have that kind of power. But I'm not sure that we think often enough about the, the power of words and the power of the words that we speak and the fact that we're going to be held accountable for them one day. It's important that we keep that in mind. But I love to think about the positive aspect of this, the fact that we have an opportunity to build up and encourage and affirm the people that God places in our lives. So, I mean, that can mean the people that are, you know, under your own roof, the people that you're spending every hour of every day with. I know sometimes I'm guilty of this, taking people for granted and not speaking the words of thanks to them, speaking the words of praise that they deserve and recognition and appreciation. Um, You know, I think it's important to remember times in our own lives where we've appreciated being encouraged or affirmed by somebody. Think about a time in your life, and I know we can all do it because words are powerful things. Think about a time in your life where you really felt encouraged by somebody's words to you, really felt affirmed and complimented. They really built you up. And think about how wonderful that felt, how empowering that was, how you really got a boost of confidence because somebody recognized something good about you and spoke it to you. Whether it was a parent or a teacher or a friend or a stranger, I can remember a couple of different times in my life, you know, it really it really stood out to me, you know, teachers will praise you and parents will and that sort of thing. And that that certainly has value. But the times when somebody you don't know speaks words to you of praise or of recognition really do stand out. Those kinds of compliments that people give you. One in particular, which is so silly of me to remember, but I was you know, a teenager years ago, I was probably 14 years old, and I used to babysit this little girl who was an adorable little girl. She was probably three years old. She had these golden curls and these bright blue eyes, and she just was so cute and adorable. And um, I babysat her a lot. I actually was 
um, the person who was in charge of her on vacations. Sometimes I went away with her family. It was kind of like a nanny with them on vacation and um, after school every day and often for weekends. Anyway, so I really got to know this little girl and I, I loved her. She was sweet and cute and people always, you know, whenever I would take her out, we would be in a public place. I'd take her out in a stroller and things. And I was always a little bit uh, self-aware because I thought maybe people thought she was my baby. And of course, I was this young teenager, too young to have a baby. But anyway, um, I would take her out in the stroller and people would always stop and talk about how beautiful the baby was, how cute she was, how adorable she was. And it never bothered me. I mean, I, I thought she was cute, too. But this one particular time stood out to me because there was a woman who came up and just was gushing about this little girl and how adorable she was. And then she stopped and looked up at me and she said, and you're so pretty, too. And, you know, I hadn't felt that need, actually, to have myself complimented along with this little girl that I was caring for. But it really stood out to me at the time. I, I felt so good about that after receiving that compliment from this woman that I didn't even know that she thought to pause and recognize me in addition to recognizing this little girl. It really stood out to me. Um, there was another time that really stood out to me more recently, and it was actually at a speaking engagement that I was at once. And I was a little bit nervous because I wasn't sure what this crowd was going to be like. And this old priest came up to me before the the talk, and he he said to me, um, he was a Monsignor, he introduced himself, and he said, are you in charge of that Catholic Digest? And I was like, um, yes, yes, I am. And then he said, <laughs> he got kind of angry and like, kind of shook a finger at me and said, I am still angry that you put Mario Cuomo on your cover. <laughs> and of course, that was a million years ago that Mario Cuomo was on the cover of Catholic Digest. I would never put Mario Cuomo on the cover of Catholic Digest. And so I did my best to tell this priest, uh, no, that wasn't me. Um, I understand why people were upset about that. Uh, I, I would never choose to put Mario Cuomo or any politician on the cover of Catholic Digest. And, you know, he seemed okay, but still a little bit put off. And he went and he sat in the audience. And great, you know, so now I'm going to give this talk. And I've got this old Monsignor who's not trusting me kind of looking at me during my talk, but I, I, I felt like he, his, his presence there during the talk wasn't so intimidating. He kind of seemed to warm up a little bit, and he even seemed to smile a little bit during the talk. And then at the end of the talk, he came up to me again, and he said to me, you know, when I first met you, I thought that I knew why your husband married you. It was because you're pretty. But now I know it's because you're a light. And that really moved me. I mean, everybody loves to be told they're pretty. So that, but that wasn't that wasn't what really moved me about it was the fact that this old Monsignor, who wasn't inclined to like me, had appreciated whatever it was. I don't even remember what talk it was that I was giving there, but that he had appreciated whatever it was I shared, and then felt compelled to come and tell me that, to share that with me. And that gave me such confidence. And it made me feel so good. And I remember it now. That was, you know, over two years ago. And I think I'll probably remember it for the rest of my life. I certainly think of it every time I'm feeling unnerved uh, about something that I'm going to do publicly, whether, it, you know, it's giving a talk or whatever. And I, I think to myself I, that I just remember his words and, and I, I say a prayer to asking God to help me to be a light. And I just think what a powerful thing he did in, in that moment. And what a wonderful opportunity we have to do that in other people's lives every day. Every day we have the opportunity to speak to somebody and 
in a specific way, telling them something about themselves that's going to build them up and encourage them in whatever it is they're doing. And yes, that can be with your people in your own home. For sure, you need to start there with your kids, with your husband, um, with your your friends in your life, with your coworkers, that that's an important thing. That's what a wonderful power we have to affect somebody for the rest of their lives. Something, tell them something that's going to remember, that they're going to remember and that's going to encourage them for the rest of their lives. Think about the terrible power of the opposite of that, that something you say could tear somebody apart. And I know we've all experienced these things. Even a stranger can say something critical of you that will stay with you for a long time afterwards and affect your confidence and affect your well-being and affect your self-esteem. So, that's one way that we can harness the power of our words and affect a lot of good in our lives. The second way that I want to talk about that you can use your words, use the power of your words for good, is to ask for what you want. Use your words to ask for what you want. Words are powerful. Communicate about what you want. This sounds like a no-brainer, but how many of us mess this up? How many of us, even in our own relationships with the people that we're closest to in the world, don't say what we really want. And I don't mean in a demanding way. I don't mean in yelling and saying, I want this and I want that and being a selfish brat. I mean actually communicating about what's important to you, communicating about what your needs are. Inside of a marriage, this is so important. And so often I think we women get tied up, especially, and this is ironic because we love to talk, but we feel like sometimes with our husbands or or if you're dating with your boyfriend, that you shouldn't have to say the thing. You shouldn't have to say what you want. He should know what you need. He should read your mind and know what you need. Well, you know what? It's taken me many years and a lot of hinting around and getting frustrated and feeling like I'm I'm worthless to my husband because he's not noticing this need that's so obvious to me and filling it without me asking that to realize that's so stupid. Just ask for the thing. Communicate your need because more often than not, I have found that at least with my husband, he is relieved to know what the heck is going on in my head. <laughs> because a lot of times I will communicate something to him when I finally get around to, okay, he's not going to notice this thing that's bothering me. Or, you know, he's not going to know that I'm in a bad mood because of X, Y, or Z. And so I just need to tell him, you know, I'm feeling really tired and down tonight because of this. I need to tell him that. He should, you know, he, he shouldn't have to read my mind. And we women are more intuitive than men. It's a natural gift that we have. It's a wonderful gift we have. But then we use it and make this, the mistake of thinking everybody has it. Everybody has it to the same degree that we do. So we blame people for not reading our minds. And that's a very destructive thing to do inside of our relationships. So even though sometimes it feels humbling, like I know I've had friends say, I shouldn't have to ask for him to help with, you know, when this is obviously going on right in the living room, right in front of him, he should know. Well, you know, do you, do you want, do you want the shouldn't have to, do you want that justice? Do you want that feeling of justice? Or do you actually want him to meet that need? Because in my experience, most husbands want to know what you want because they want to please us. More than anything in the world, they want to be our hero. They want to meet our needs. They want us to think that they're the greatest thing that ever happened to us. And a lot of times, 
because of their their nature and their way of communicating in the way that it's different from ours, they feel frustrated and they feel like they don't know what's going on in our heads and what it is we want. And it's this mysterious way that we're angry. I know a few different times in my life I have experienced, and sometimes with my own husband, being confused or even surprised by him being upset or angry about something. And it turns out, you know, it was a misunderstanding or I didn't I didn't understand what the situation was or, um, you know, he was upset about something that I was unaware of. And in those moments, I find it's really eye-opening for me because usually it's in the reverse. But being in that situation of being confused by somebody's uh, being upset with you, being confused by somebody's anger or frustration that seems to come out of the blue, it's it's very unsettling. And when you care a lot about that relationship, it's even more unsettling just to, because you love that person and you you want to make them happy. You want to be a blessing in their lives. And yet sometimes it's so confusing to try to figure out how you can possibly do that. So ask for what you want, not just inside of our relationships in our marriages or romantic relationships. You know, you should ask for what you want with your coworkers. If if you work, I, I have found that it's very helpful to have clear communication. Don't hint around to other people. Don't complain behind people's backs. So often we women are experts at this. We think we're so great at communicating, but really we're, we're very terrible at it sometimes where we'll go around and around and around a problem and talk to everybody but the person we have the problem with. Um, you know, talk to everybody but the person who can actually address our situation Talk about it. Talk about it to the person that you have an issue with. Talk about it with the person who can do something about your situation, whether it's your boss or it's a coworker or something. That it's important that we talk about the thing. And I find sometimes we women especially will do anything to avoid actually directly addressing a problem. And maybe it's that kind of avoidance of conflict, but we need to get over it. It's a help to everybody if we just use our words, use the power of our words to communicate clearly to people about what it is we want, not in a whining, complaining, demanding way. All those ways are negative ways of communicating, and we know that. We know what results when we do that. It's a terrible thing. So use your words in a positive way. Use your words to empower people, to let them know what they can do to help you. Or, um, you know, with your with your children, sometimes I, I find that it's helpful rather than just barking commands at my kids, which I tend to do, especially when I'm busy and there's a lot to do. I'll just start saying, you do this, you do that. You do, and, you know, sometimes there, there's a place for that. But other times it's really helpful to communicate to them clearly using words that lets them know how much you value and appreciate them, lets them know how much you need them and you need their support. You know, I'll, I'll tell my kids that, you know, I'm I'm really busy today. I'm having a hard day because I've got this appointment or I've got this going on with my work or these kinds of outside pressures. So I really could use your help here, um, you know, cleaning up the kitchen or I really could use your help if you just get this laundry folded for me. That would be so helpful. And I find that people really respond to that. And of course they do. We all want to be talked to in that way. So I think when we're talking about using the power of our words, it's important to recognize the ways in which we appreciate being talked to and work on talking with other people that way. We appreciate clear communication. If somebody has a problem with us, we would love it if they would come to us and address it with us in a grown-up way rather than gossiping behind our backs about it or hinting and sighing and complaining when we don't respond to their need. So think about the ways in which you like for people to communicate with you and then Think of ways that you can use your words, use the power of your words in your everyday life to improve your relationships.
Okay, the third way that I want to share about a, a way to use the power of your words is to teach and to share. Now, as parents, if you are a parent, this, of course, is something that you're doing every day. You're teaching and you're sharing with your kids about manners, about the faith, about how to work, how to use the potty, how to read, um, you know, whatever it is you're, you're teaching your children, you're using your words to teach and to share. But even more than that, I find it's really valuable as a parent with when your kids are young, but then even more so when your kids are older, to share your perspective on things, to help them uh, empathize with you, to help them see another person's perspective, to talk through the reasons why you do things a certain way, the things even that you might take for granted as part of your family routine. Talk about them with your kids. Talk with your kids about uh, why you go to church, why you make time for prayer, uh, why you you make time for you know your husband to be able to play golf on the weekend, why um, you might plan meals, or why you organize the housework a certain way, or why your your schedule is set up a certain way. If you have to work outside the home, you know how you, how you structure your home life to support you in the work that you have to do outside the home. All of those things, I find it so helpful, especially as my kids get older, to talk with them about those things. I mean, I had a great upbringing, and I had the most loving parents in the world, and yet I did feel like part of that was missing, and, and I've, I've grown to discover it a little bit more as I'm older and I have a different relationship with my mom, but I did go away to college, you know, and I, I was not mature enough to reflect on it at the time, but years later I did that... I don't know that I fully understood my mom's perspective in my home. And not that it has to be all about you inside of your home, but it's part of raising our kids to be compassionate human beings, to share with them what your perspective is so that they might be curious about it, so that they can learn about it, so that they they might uh, understand your perspective of the world. And that only broadens their horizons and increases their understanding of other human beings and will improve their relationships, especially if they get married. Um, you know, whether you're sharing with your girls about what it's like to be a wife and a mom, or whether you're sharing with your boys what it's like to be a wife and a mom, because you're shaping what they're going to expect from future relationships. So it's important to remember that with your kids. But it's also important to talk and share and teach in the words that we use, even in other situations in our lives. Um, it's not just with your kids. It might be in public where you have an opportunity to kind of speak out. How many times are you in a crowd and you keep quiet about something because it's not a popular opinion? And I don't mean you have to get in people's faces, but I do mean that sometimes there's an opportunity to quietly share the truth with people. I have a brother who works in an environment where not a lot of people share his his Catholic faith. And he shared with me one time that he doesn't argue with people at work when they start talking about, you know, morality or something that he doesn't agree with. He does not argue with them, but he will listen. He will politely and respectfully listen to what other people share. And then sometimes he'll just drop a question, you know, something that challenges them in a way, in a polite and respectful way, but just kind of uh, you know, sounding out of curiosity, like, have you ever thought about it from this perspective? Or what if this and um, he's content to leave it at that. He's not really looking to get into a shouting match with people. But I thought that was brilliant, because you never know what seeds you're planting in other people's minds. If people genuinely have a curious mind and genuinely are seeking the truth about things, just asking a question 
can prompt them to seek that truth further, can prompt them to challenge some of their assumptions in a way that's going to be very helpful to them in in their search for the truth. So sometimes it's just asking a question, but sometimes it's directly addressing an injustice. And these are the worst for me because I am, believe it or not, a phlegmatic. Are you into the temperaments? I am a total phlegmatic. When Whenever I take those tests, I'm like 100% a phlegmatic. Oh, maybe a little melancholic in there. But the fact is, I avoid conflict. Oh my gosh, I avoid conflict. It makes me squirm. It gives me a stomach ache. It gives me a headache. I avoid conflict. But sometimes we really are called to stand up against an injustice. We're called to speak up when something is wrong. Something's going on. We need to address it. And that's an important way to use the power of your words is when you are going to directly address an injustice of some kind. My husband is really good at this, so that's why I get away with sometimes just quietly squirming in the background because he'll often not hesitate to uh, address an injustice and call people out for things. He just recently did it with our daughter's math teacher who was, uh, in our opinion, really slacking in her teaching and in her follow-through and in correction of homework and Um, You know, just all the kids in class had failed a test and she neglected to go through it with them. And all these things were wrong in the math class, but I wasn't inclined to do anything about it. Well, my husband did. And he had a phone conversation and he, he just directly addresses those things. And I think that's a really powerful thing that we can do to be a force for the good in the world is get over our own discomfort sometimes and address a situation that we're presented with. It doesn't mean every single time there's something wrong. You need to be the one, you need to be making an appointment with the principal or you need to be the one correcting somebody in the grocery store. But just, you know, discerning when it's appropriate to do that, discerning where you stand on that. If you all too readily do that, no, then maybe you need to hold back a little bit. But if it's something that you frequently step away from avoiding conflict, it's not necessarily a good thing. And maybe you need to push yourself a little bit in the other direction. So those are the three ways to use the power of your words that I wanted to talk about this week. Um, The first is encourage and affirm other people. So powerful and so important for us to think about. The second is to ask for what you want. Just ask for the thing. Stop hinting around. And then third, to teach and to share and to address situations of injustice. So I hope you'll give those three different themes some thought this week and um, think about ways that you can address them in your life. And maybe you have some thoughts to share with me on them, some ways you've experienced the power of words or some additional things that I didn't talk about um, that are important to think about when we're considering the power of our words. If you have anything to share on the power of our words, please email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or give me a voicemail. Go to daniellebean.com and just click that link voice feedback tab that's on the sidebar there. I would love to hear from you. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. This week, I am thrilled to be bringing to you an interview that I had with Simka Fisher. I'm sure you know who she is. And, you know, speaking of the power of our words, Simka really shares very beautifully in this little chat that we had uh, about ways in which she discovered, in good ways and in bad ways, the power of her use of words online. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of it. Take a listen. I am so excited to welcome a special guest here on Girlfriends today. Simka Fisher is here. 
if you don't know Simca, there's this thing called Facebook and you might want to get on it because Simca <laughs> is the queen of it. I'm all over it. You are. You own Facebook. So, but she's also a speaker and she's author of The Sinner's Guide to Natural Family Planning. She blogs daily at Alatea and weekly at the National Catholic Register. She and her husband and 10 children live in New Hampshire. Welcome to Girlfriend Simca. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited and to have a fellow New Hampshireite suffering the snow with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm feeling some solidarity here. <laughs> I know. We kept on saying we wanted snow and now we got it. And now I know. Just... Yeah, I wasn't one of the ones saying we wanted snow, so I guess it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I blame my kids. <laughs> Well, as you know, Simka, we ask the same questions here of all of our guests on Girlfriends as a way of kind of showing the ways in which we're all the same and we we face a lot of the same challenges, but also showing the ways in which our perspectives are unique and different. And so far, it's been really inspiring and encouraging to hear from different women from all walks of life. So I'm looking forward to our conversation here today. Um, the first question to get us started is, can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of accomplishment or success with your work or in your personal life? <laughs> this is a funny question. I was reading over these questions the other night and I was it was like not the right time of night to think about feeling triumphant or accomplished <laughs> or anything like that. You know what I mean? I do know. <laughs> so I asked my husband, I was like, can you think of a time when I felt triumphant? And he says, well, there was that time with the cat. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> we had this cat. This is like the fir- one of the first pets that we ever had because we felt bad. We thought, oh, our kids should have a pet. We're ruining their lives because we don't have a pet. So we right. got a hold of this kitten from somewhere or other. And we considered the cat to be a pet. The cat considered us to be her our, her, her her captors, basically. <laughs> like she considered herself our prisoner, and she hated us, hated us, hated us. Never got used to living with us. I couldn't. I couldn't. I wanted to bring this cat to the vet so she could get her shots, so she could go outside. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't catch her, oh and gosh. I was pregnant. I was like eleven months pregnant, and I used to chase this cat around the house, <laughs> up and down the stairs. She would wait until. I, I would be halfway up the stairs and then she would just look at me and then whisk away. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Couldn't catch her. She would she would pee on everything. She would bite us. She she bit a hole in the wall and lived inside the walls for a while. Oh I mean gosh. this is this is like nightmare cat. cat. This is yeah. like the worst. Yeah. So one day I'm out of kitty litter. And I'm thinking, all right, well, this cat is gonna pee on the floor again. Right. So I had a moment of clarity. And I just looked at the cat and the cat looked at me and I just opened the door. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) she ran away. And that was the end of Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was truly one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. And I just opened the door and the cat ran away. Oh my gosh. And it was a wonderful feeling. Very freeing. (laughs) I've had good moments since then, but that one was really, um, it was just, it was like night and day. And all we needed was to let the cat leave us. In, oh, in a moment of inspiration, <laughs> you relieved both of your sufferings. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's life got better instantly. It was the, the, the fastest gratification I've ever had in my life. Oh my <laughs> that is so funny. And the cat never came back? And No, no, no. She, did, she wanted nothing to do with us. I mean, you know, as much as we hated her, she hated us 10 times as much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And now I know the kids were fine because you did replace said cat with a gigantic dog. 
Oh, my goodness. We have so many pets now. That was, you know, it was a horrible experience, but it really opened the door to the, the flood of pets. We do. We have a we have an English Mastiff who's like the size of like a, I don't know, a small couch, like a love seat. He's a best, he's a <laughs> or an seat. automobile. Yeah, he's big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of your smaller German models, maybe. <laughs> And, then, and we have, we've got parakeets, we've got gerbils, we've got hamsters. The fish is dead, thank goodness. That was a relief. Oh, good. I think that's currently all we have. We've had just about every kind of specimen you can imagine, and I don't even, I don't even know why. I it's- love it. And I love that you're relaxed as a mom to allow that to take place, because we've had our share of animals flow through this household, and yeah. I find that always is that challenge as a mom, that, especially when you mentioned you were pregnant. Like, I often think, Pregnant women and pets just don't mix. Like, right. I have right. no time for an animal and it smells right, and right, messes right. when I'm pregnant. But I do find that it's something that's really enriched our family life. And that's why I make that effort and sometimes have a freak out, but mostly just try <laughs> to let the messes happen, let the smelly creature be in the house. And Exactly. I, I honestly, I'll, I'll tell you, when, when the house smells like dog, I feel like, okay, well, that is like a normal thing for your house to smell like, like a lot of respect people have houses that smell like dogs. It's true. It's just, you know, rather than the other smells that it might be covering up, it's, it's not so bad. True. And, you know, baby Jesus came to the stable and I bet it stunk in there. So Exactly. We're in good company. got out of there as soon as we possibly could. <laughs> oh, there's more to the story? What? No. <laughs> I'm stuck in the stable. <laughs> exactly. The stable life. I've always wanted a stable family life and here we are. Absolutely. Well, that's great. I love that story and I love that you can now look back with a sense of triumph about your moment with your <laughs> non-pet of a cat. <laughs> All right. But next we're going to move on to um, a little bit of a more negative, but we always take positives away from these when we talk about them here on the show. Can you tell us about a mistake you once made, either professionally or personally, and what did you learn from that mistake? Yeah, oh, this was hard. This was hard to revisit. But as soon as I read the question, something popped right into my head. So I knew this was the one I had to go with. Mm-hmm. I was right at the time I was writing for the National Catholic Register three times a week, which I still write for them once a week. Mm-hmm. But um, I... So I used to write about just all all kinds of things, all kinds of things. And one of the things that I wrote about was what it means to have a vasectomy, like what it actually what it actually signifies about you as a person. Oh boy. And I really went I I went overboard. I went way 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 <laughs> overboard. And man, you know, I was being witty and I was being funny and I was being snappy and it was some really good writing and I really hurt some people really badly. Yeah. And I didn't realize for some reason that I had, you know, that that's what would happen. I mm-hmm. I it was it was I guess in some ways it was an honest mistake, but it was a bad mistake and yeah. I was I uh, you know, I assumed the worst about people. I offended people, I insulted them, and I, you know, accused strangers of terrible things and terrible motivations. And I had no right to do that. I was way, way, way out of line. Mm-hmm. And it, it was very, you know, as painful as it was for the people that I was, that whose feelings I hurt, it was extremely painful to me to realize that I had done this, that I was capable mm-hmm. of doing this. And I had to think really hard about how I use, you know, I have an audience. Right. And we all have an audience in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even if our words aren't being published for thousands of people to read, 
anytime we come into contact with other people, we have a responsibility to think hard about whether we're hurting them or not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the older I get, I used to think that it was sort of a a wishy-washy thing, you know, sort of some kind of squishy liberal thing to worry about hurting people's feelings because, you know, the quote about, you know, you don't have to defend the truth, just let it out like a lion and it'll defend itself. And I was just, you know, I love the idea of wielding the truth like a, like a sword. Mm -hmm. And the older I get, the more I realize I have no right to do that. I have no right to do that. It's not my job. It's not, it's hardly anybody's job, you know, to do that. Mm -hmm. Our main job is to be, is to be kind to each other and to show love to each other. And God will take care of showing the truth to people. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I really can relate to that. You know, I understand that. I think anybody who's ever, even just if you, if you're not even a writer or a blogger, if you just share something on Facebook, you know, um, I think we've all had those experiences of looking back and like, ew, I didn't really mean for that to happen. Right. And that's a horrible feeling, but I I love that you shared that so openly because it's something we all do experience. and, And I'm finding too myself, you know, 43 years and counting, I'm still figuring this out that, yeah, yeah, actually, you know, that thing about the, the most important of these is love. Yeah, that, that thing actually—it's actually true. <laughs> it actually matters a heck of a lot how you talk to people and how you approach them, and they're not going to hear any bit of that awesome truth that you have to share with them if you don't recognize them and reach them in their humanity first. Right, right. And so it's important. That I mean, and it's not as if you know that was a turning point for me. But like many turning points, I kept on getting turned around over and over again. Yeah. I mean, I still make that mistake, you know, and and I have to recall myself and I have to I have to repent. I have to convert over and over again. But Mm -hmm. at least now I'm aware that it's a serious obligation. And I have been I have been steadily consciously working on that. And, And when you want to show love to the world, it's a decision. That's what they mean when they say that love is a love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. It's a decision. You know, it's it's a great thing when you feel it, when you feel tender toward people and you feel open and loving toward people. Mm-hmm. But even when you don't feel it, you got to you got to act on it. Right. We all do <laughs> so have hard. that responsibility. So and, you know, the writers and bloggers I admire most are the ones who very openly share about their struggles with that because it's a universal struggle. And yeah. um, it's it, some people just do it a little more publicly than others yeah. with more far-reaching <laughs> results. But um, that's that's a beautiful thing for all of us to keep in mind, whether you're, you're writing or sharing online or Facebooking or just making conversation in line at the grocery store. You know, I've said things that I regretted having overheard you know by other moms in the bleachers or whatever's going on that just like oh yikes that was nasty so um it's really important for all of us to keep that love first in mind it's beautiful and it sounds savvy but it's not it's it's the truth all right so next question we have time to fit in one more before your lightning round what simka is the best advice you've ever received who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it Ah, the best advice I ever received was from my mother. This is something that my husband and I continue to go back to. She said, don't listen to thoughts you have when you're tired. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it sounds sort of trivial and it sounds sort of silly. But the fact is, I mean, and I think a lot of moms can relate to this. The things that you tell yourself when you're tired are so 
horribly skewed and false and dark and they mm-hmm. seem so urgent at the time when you're tired but what especially when you've gone without sleep for a long long time if you've been sleep deprived for a long time after a while you don't even feel tired anymore you just start to go a little bit insane yeah so <laughs> true chronically tired especially at the end of the day you know it's one thing if you're tired during the day but when you're tired at the end of the day this is when you know the darkness really starts to crowd in and you can have these thoughts and you can acknowledge you know thoughts about like how you're ruining your children and you know <laughs> you're not doing enough for your marriage and you're such a false catholic and why could you even call yourself a christian and you know your career is nothing but a sham and they're all about to be on to you any minute now right. these kinds of things you know? <laughs> they sound so true in the moment it makes perfect sense so true and so compelling but and 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 what I found is useful is not to not to try and crowd them out or argue with myself or say no no that's not true because of these irrefutable facts but just to say okay I'm thinking this thing the reason that I'm thinking it is at least fifty percent because I'm tired mm-hmm. I will revisit this thought tomorrow and I will decide if it's true or not and most of the time it turns out it's just not true it's right. just not true yeah such good advice I love that from your mom and that again is something that every woman I think struggles with those yeah. those three o'clock in the morning thoughts when yeah. you're lying yep. awake exhausted and depleted yeah. and thinking just it's the end of the world and yeah. it does take a certain amount of experience of experiencing that and realizing the next day like why did I lie awake worrying about that thing and to to be able to have that perspective to say you know what is this going to matter this much in the morning it right. feels like it is but let's wait till the morning and decide yeah. right. <laughs> Like, right. Don't tell yourself I'm I'm crazy and I'm wrong. Just say, okay, maybe I'm right. I will revisit it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> we'll see. It helps to have that perspective. And something that I've done before is I, I never quite phrased it like that, not listening to thoughts when you're tired. But um, just trying to get that perspective is, you know, I have, I've got awesome sisters that I love to share and connect with and talk with all the time. And I, I think to myself, all these things I'm thinking about myself and to myself, if I was like, if my sister was saying these things to me, like, what mm-hmm. would I, I'd be like, you are full of garbage. Like, right, shut right, up. You, right, you're right, being right. indulgent here, you know, <laughs> just, right, yeah. and sometimes it helps to be like, what advice would I give to somebody else who's going on and on like this about how it's the end of the world? And yeah. Yeah. Very well, helpful. Because you have to be loving and gentle with yourself too, which is a really hard thing to learn. You know, we want to believe that we're so strong and that we can handle anything, mm-hmm. but you actually, you really do have to, you, you do have to be patient with yourself absolutely and sometimes give yourself a talking to also <laughs> so important yeah to allow yourself that weakness and vulnerability in a way that um you know putting on a brave face all the time is exhausting and never effective in the end anyway you know yeah. it's gonna no. it's all gonna come out somewhere so right right right, right. <laughs> yeah so great beautiful advice from your mom and now the whole world can benefit from it that's wonderful oh, she's a smart lady <laughs> yeah love her okay um, well, we've just got enough time to do our lightning round. Are you nervous about this? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. She's like, Danielle wants me to be nervous. <laughs> I can be nervous. I can be nervous. Please be nervous. No, don't be nervous. <laughs> so this is just a little bit of fun. We're going to answer some questions, maybe find out something funny. Um, just in 60 seconds, we're just going to answer these, go through them quickly. So okay. here we go. It's Simka Fisher's lightning round on Girlfriends. Okay, Simka, what's the craziest blog or Facebook comment someone ever left you? I know there's so many. This isn't fair. There are thousands. It probably had to do with pants. <laughs> No, 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 wait, wait. There was somebody who once said, well, she wouldn't say that if she had any children. <laughs> so 
Okay, that one wins. That person wins, definitely. All right, what is something that most surprised you about being a mom? How much fun it is. How much you actually like your kids. I knew that I would love my kids. I didn't realize how much I would like them. Right. Okay, great. All right, your house is burning down. You can save yourself, your family, your dog, and one Mm -hmm. thing. What's the one thing? Um, my photo albums, I guess. Okay, good. They're upstairs. I would have to find mine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, what's the last movie you saw? Was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, the last movie I saw was, it was, it had that guy, Charles Bronson, in it, and it it was thumbs up. I even wrote about it on Alatea. And I, Charles Bronson is awesome. I can't remember the name of the movie, though. He's like okay. a drifter. He's a street fighter. And he just punches everybody. Nice. Was, but, but very elegantly. Very elegantly. <laughs> Yay very for Charles cool. Bronson. <laughs> elegantly punching out the bad guys. Okay. Well, that's it. You survived. That was a lot of fun. And I'm glad. Yeah. It wasn't painful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Simka, before we say goodbye, maybe you can just tell us um, about something that you're working on. What's going on in your world that's good? And what are you excited about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've sort of hit my stride in Alatea. I'm blogging more there than I was before. So it's five times a week. And I feel like I'm really having I'm having fun there. I'm having a nice time. And I'm working on a book about motherhood this summer, and I'm working my way up to it. And I am uh, enga- ma- uh, booking engagements for speaking. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, um, I do have some slots open now. The baby's a little bit older, yeah. a little bit more mobile now. <laughs> Is that her we hear in the background a little? I think, I'm like, I need, I need Corey to come on Girlfriends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, that's great. I'm really excited about your book. And so where's the one, like, you know, you can mention one or two websites maybe where people can go to get more information about you and all the different projects that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, my main landing page at the moment is at Alatea, and it's, uh, okay, I'm going to yeah. spell it. Can you spell A-L- it? That's a lot of vowels. Yes, it has all, almost all the vowels. <laughs> com, and I think it's slash blog slash Simca Fisher or something like that. But if, okay. you know, if you Google Simca Fisher, Alatea. Oh. That will turn up. Okay, yeah, and I'll put the I'll put the links in the show notes for this episode on daniellebean.com so everybody can get there and find out more about you. So that's the main website where they should check you out. That's where I'm most active right now, yes. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on Girlfriends today, Simka. I appreciate that you shared some of your time and some of your humor <laughs> and some of your wisdom with all of us. And thanks mm-hmm. so much also for all that you do for women and for families from all walks of life. You really keep it real and it's very encouraging. All back at you, Danielle. I feel exactly the same way about you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You too. I really enjoy every opportunity that I get to talk with Simka Fisher, whether it's on the phone or in person. I've met her a couple of times. There was one time that the two of us attended an event for Faith and Family years ago, and I really enjoy getting to know her in person. I think it's it's nice to get to know people that you know just online in, in person a little bit, and you can do that a little bit through the podcast here when I interview people that you might only know online. I think it gives you more of a feel of their, their fullness of their personality, and as powerful and strong as Simka can be in her online writing which we love. She's also a very compassionate and tenderhearted person. I think that really came through in that talk that we had. So thanks, Simka, for coming on, and I hope you enjoyed it too. So um, now 
is the time of the show where I beg you for your feedback. I'm going to talk a little bit about feedback here. I got some um, wonderful feedback from Sarah Reinhardt. She sent a voicemail, and I was going to share it in this episode, but I think I'm going to come up a little short on time, and I, I want to give it the time that it's due. So I'm going to hold off on that, share that with you next week. Sarah left um, a voicemail for me about the young widow that we talked about in previous episodes that I shared about that I used the name Anne to refer to her, who is kind of struggling finding support in uh, her community and online. So uh, Sarah was sharing her perspective on that, the ways that women can support one another. And it's really very beautiful. So I think I maybe can even make the whole uh, show topic about that for next week. So I'm going to hold off on sharing that feedback. But I do want your feedback. Um, I've received in the past few weeks a little bit of negative feedback from a, a few different sources. Um, and I'm actually pretty good about taking negative feedback. I don't take it personally. I think it can be very helpful. So I'm asking you, I've, I've heard from some people um, who didn't care for my selection of interviewees on the show. I'd love to get your feedback about who you'd like to hear on Girlfriends, who you'd like to hear interviewed, what kinds of people you'd like to hear interviewed. Um, I try to make it a variety of people, not just people who are big names and that sort of thing, but people who really have something to share. And I really love our guests that we have here. So, But I'm open to new ideas, um, people that you think uh, you'd like to hear interviewed on Girlfriends. Send me feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com. Uh, the other feedback that I got that was negative was uh, somebody didn't like the the little intros that I have, the, the little th- the little voices, the different women's voices that insert to introduce various segments of the podcast. They don't care for that. They think it's a little bit jarring. It's distracting to them from the content. Um, I want to know if you agree or don't agree, or if you see room for improvement there. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know. I'm not going to take it personally. I promise. I want to make the podcast as good as it can be. I want it to serve your needs as best as it can. So let me know. Uh, send me a uh, an email at danielle at daniellebean.com or contact me through Facebook, facebook.com slash daniellebean, or leave me a voicemail. Those are my favorite because I like to add your voice to the voices of women that we share here on Girlfriends. In the interest of getting as much feedback as possible and, um, and in as organized a way as possible, I'm thinking about putting together a quick little survey that maybe people could check off the things they like, don't like about the length, about the topics, um, you know, various things. So I'm, I'm going to work on that in the coming week and maybe I'll have a link to share next week so that uh, hopefully I can get your more specific feedback about the, the content of the episodes and what you'd like to see and hear. But now, speaking of Sarah Reinhardt, um, It's time for a girlfriend shout out and guess who's getting it? It's you, Sarah. I hope you're listening. I know you're listening. She's my good girlfriend. She gets this week's shout out because Sarah is beginning a new job. She just accepted a position with the Kennedy Brownrigg Group, which is a communications company that focuses in Catholic marketing. It's a match made in heaven. I've had the privilege of working with the KBG group in the past, and they're a wonderful organization. I, I just love the the women there. They're um, strong and professional, and they really know the Catholic market, and so does Sarah. So they're lucky to have her, and I'm thrilled for you, Sarah. So for you in your new position, we're wishing you all the best of luck with KBG and looking forward to the great things that you're going to do in that new work, Sarah. This week's shout-out is for you. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout-out's for you, girlfriend. So what's going on in your world? Who do you know that needs a shout-out for next week? 
send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Let me know what's going on with you that deserves a shout out. What's going on in a friend's life that deserves some encouragement from all of us. You just might encourage somebody else by sharing the good things that are going on in your life. So let me know, danielle at daniellebean.com or leave me a voicemail and I'll be happy to share on an upcoming show. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. So this week's topic is talking about using the power of your words to accomplish good things. So our challenge is going to be based on that. Um, I just want you to spend some time thinking about the three different ways that we talked about those positive ways to use your words. First of all, to encourage and affirm other people. Second, to ask for what you want. And third, to teach and to share. So think about those three different ones. Pick one of them to focus on, whatever one you think maybe you need to work on in your life, and um, make an effort. Step outside of your comfort zone. Make an effort to um, improve in that particular way this week. Do something, say something that you wouldn't have previously. And then let me know how it goes for you. I'm really looking forward to hearing about the ways in which you're using your words, the power of your words, to be a force for the good in your life. And now I've got a few people, two people to thank for their reviews on iTunes this week. I want to thank Mrs. Sean, who left an iTunes review for the Girlfriends podcast saying, this is a wonderful, honest, and very timely podcast. She has two young girls, and she's thankful for the podcast being a source of support for her in that role in her life. And then there's Misty Mornings, who says, Danielle Bean's upbeat voice and kind spirit make listening to her podcast a breath of fresh air. And then she points out uh, she thinks the topics are interesting for her guests, whether they're Catholic or not. And the real experiences shared between these girlfriends will inspire your mothering and remind you that you're not alone. Thank you, Misty and Mrs. Sean, for leaving those reviews. Misty, I really love that you, you shared that whether you're Catholic or not, because I specifically didn't call this a Catholic podcast. Of course, I share from a Catholic perspective. My faith is an important part of who I am, but I want it to be a welcoming place for people of all faiths because we women have so much in common and so much to connect about. And I think women from all different walks of life and all different faiths, faith backgrounds have something to bring and something to share. So I want it to be a welcoming place. I want it to include the voices of women in lots of different places and coming from lots of different backgrounds here. So I'm glad I'm succeeding in that way in your mind. Um, If you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, I would be so honored and grateful for that because these reviews really help to promote girlfriends on iTunes. The the more reviews and subscriptions and um, ratings that you get, you can even just click a number of stars and move on with your day. Um, Those things tell iTunes that people are interested in this podcast and they use that to determine where and how and when they're going to place this podcast in front of more people's eyes in um, iTunes and in the podcast app. So it's really helpful to get those reviews. If you have a moment and you're so inclined, I would really appreciate it. And I will mention you in a future podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. And thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up again for another week. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day, that you make me a part of what you do each week. And all the feedback that I get from people on social media or through emails is so encouraging. Your presence here is the reason why I'm doing this. You're the reason why I spend time each week producing this podcast because I really want it to serve you and your needs. So the fact that you're here and participating in it means the world to me. Thank you so much for that. And so until next time, 
I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.